2252 AD, Kelvin Ridge, Delta Triangulate 1. Okay, everybody, keep grabbing some dirt. We're going to maneuver to the right flank by fire teams. So, nobody move a centimeter until your team leaders order it. The lieutenant sounded rock solid, like he was sitting in base, calmly assigning us a duty roster. I was amazed, and that voice, so firm, so assured, reached out to me and drew me back from the fear and despair. It was like a beacon in the darkness, and I clung to it, forcing myself to focus, to remember my training, and the responsibility I had to my fellow Marines. That was my first lesson in command, the way the lieutenant held us together that day, with nothing more than his voice. I don't think I completely understood it until years later, when I was in his shoes, and there were troops on the line waiting for my steady voice, needing it as much as I had that day on Tombstone. The gully behind the ridge was slightly deeper to the right. We'd have enough cover there to deploy and return the fire. We didn't have a lot of time. It was pretty certain the enemy would hit us as soon as they picked off everyone they could with their autocannons. They planned these fields of fire, so they knew exactly where they covered. They'd be able to advance in the dead zones, forcing us to keep our heads down until they were almost on us. The lieutenant's voice had been a lifeline. Now that I was focused again, the training started flowing back. While I was waiting, I double-checked my weapons, just like they told us to do. It wasn't more than a few minutes before Corporal Clark was on the line. All right, Fire Team A, we're going to take 90 degrees and work our way east behind this outcropping. He was definitive and in command, but not quite like the lieutenant, but still solid. He spoke slowly and clearly, so that there was no chance any of us would misunderstand him. We're going to go slow, and I want you all to pay attention and stay low. No one gets picked off on this move. He paused for a few seconds. That's an order. My first thought was, you don't have to remind me to stay low. But then I considered how easy it is to lose focus for a second, and that was enough to get you killed. They pound that into your head in training over and over again. You can be meticulous for hours, days, weeks, but it only takes one careless second to get yourself scragged. I made damned sure I stayed low, though it was difficult to move that way in the armor. It felt like forever but it was really less than ten minutes before we reached our new position, which was almost two hundred meters from the original one. But the rocky spur was higher and thicker here, much better cover, and big enough so we could go prone behind it and start returning some of this fire. Harden and James were already setting up the SAW, positioning it on a small ledge just below the outcropping. They'd found a spot with a small notch in the stone they could shoot through. Their field of fire would be somewhat restricted, but anything coming at us would be right in their sights, at least for part of the time. The enemy could have come up through our old position to try to flank us, but they'd also have to go right through their own field of fire to get there. So we'd know if they were heading that way if the autocannon fire stopped. I slid over a meter or so to a spot where I had my own break in the rock wall. I'd be able to shoot pretty well from here, so I ground my knee into the loose gravel and braced myself. I peered through the crack and looked out. In front of the rock spur, the chopped-up broken ground dropped off gradually, reaching a low point almost a click from our position. The valley was pockmarked with small craters, about half of them filled with bubbling acid and other nasty-looking liquids. The entire landscape was obscured by slowly moving clouds of greenish gas, which an advancing enemy could use to cover in advance. The gas interfered with our scanners, making it difficult to either detect or see anything hidden within one of the patchy clouds. Of course, anyone moving through would have a hard time keeping their own bearings, too. Good position, Jax. 
Corporal Clark was double-checking the deployment of the team. He was a warrior, very dedicated to the well-being of the four troopers he commanded. He was very relaxed and informal when we weren't on duty, and he'd made me feel at home right away. Oliver Clark wasn't a convict or other problem case like most of the rest of us were. His father had been a career sergeant, and he was a second-generation Marine. He'd been raised to love and respect the Corps, unlike the rest of us, who generally joined opportunistically, usually to avoid prosecution or worse, and developed loyalty later. Stay alert. You're back up on the SAW. So if either Harden or James gets hit, I want you to reposition immediately without further orders. Understood? Acknowledged. Acknowledged.